thousand passengers sealed on a train. Why? ML and Sean in spacesuits. Why? It is forbidden to leave the train alive. Why? A thousand human beings on a journey to nowhere with one-way tickets to hell. The Soul of Detroit. You answer the ride, you're trying to ride my face. Gone. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You have to be qualified, in there. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids, it's your old pal, M.L. Elric. We are getting a little late start here on the Soul of Detroit because I took the queue line here. Well, actually, no, I... I didn't because we're in Ferndale, which is a little further down Woodward than the queue line runs because their queue line ends not at hell, as Mark's intro would suggest, but at Grand Boulevard, which is looking pretty good. And the people who brought us the queue line like to take a lot of credit for that. Well, we're going to talk about how the queue line got here, along with a special guest, Bill Shea, formerly of Crane's Detroit Business, who's now with The Athletic who watched this blow-by-blow blow until it got here, and some people think now it just plain blows. And then we've got Mark Fellhauer and Sean Windsor, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay, great. What a powerful intro. I was Sean. trying to be brief. Trying to be brief. I was, I, I was just expecting some dynamic content from Sean. Somebody said something. I, I'm never dynamic at all. There it is. Is that is that what you're looking for? That's a force multiplier. <laughs> no, I'm broadcast. No, no, what I've decided today is that I'm gonna. I want to hear Mike twice, so I've got the headphone on one side and the live ear ah. to your voice on the other, so that way I can hear you in double time. Well, I the logic of that eludes me, but I appreciate no, but the voting that's, confidence. That's how dynamic and amazing you are, and wow. I just thought I cannot sit through this podcast anymore without. It looks great. Though, getting as much Elric as I can. Jeez. Well, uh, I'll tell you who's dynamic and exciting and, and also a very handsome man who can help you at a time when uh, we're all wondering what's going on with our retirement plans, our investments. Where do we go? What do we do? Is it time to jump off the top of the building or is it time to just kind of get in the fetal position and pretend that it's going to be all right? That's Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. We're going to tell you in a little while how Luke can help you uh, preserve your wealth, build your wealth and prepare for retirement. And in the meantime, if you need some dough, David Hall of Hall Financial, his team over there can help you get the finance you need to buy a house, refinance your house, take cash out of your house. Basically, they're the ones who can help you figure out how to get the deal done. They've done it twice for me. It's worked out great. I think they can help you as well. And we will be telling you how to connect with these fine businesses after we talk a little bit with our special guest, Bill Shea, who is a great reporter. He used to cover media comings and going so he and i have talked a lot because i keep coming and going but uh it's all about you right mark <laughs> always i, I think one of he the just covered you was it the elrickian beat yeah, one yeah of, pretty much one of the listeners wrote a little while ago about how they loved how i take over everything at least i think that's what they said unless i got it well, backwards love's a strong word i'll make it about myself because bill is the one that broke the story of drew and mike leaving riff and dave and chuck coming in in may of 2013 I did. Who was your source? No. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even. You I, probably wouldn't remember. I was on the couch, I think. And I, it was a tweet. I don't remember. I, I, you, I would. So, what happened from my perspective, what we knew, we obviously knew it was going to happen. We weren't going to say anything. And we were at the end of a show and there was a sales meeting. And, like, right at the end of the sales meetings when it broke, it's like, oh, someone in the sales, they told the sales staff and someone. 
What did they say? Like, anybody have anything else? Like, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of uh, Drew. No, that's what the meeting was about, the change that they were going to make. Well, I remember when I think Drew found out about it. It was at Matt Riley's tailgate before the Michigan-Michigan State game, and I thought I was going to the game with Drew and Charlie, and Charlie got distracted with some recreational uh, stuff, and Drew kind of just... didn't make it to the game, and then I found out the next day. I Dave think, and Chuck uh, the Freak are going to Riff. I think you might be combining stories. You sure that wasn't? Oh, um, maybe there's 105. That was one? 2015 when Drew left 105.1. But that's okay. Oh, that's way, what it way was. to combine stories. That's what. Oh, but you're right because there was, was uh, or as he would, or as Mike would use or say, conflate. <laughs> that's more of a Mike word. I think he conflated the story. I, I don't even like hearing Sean once. I don't know why he wants to hear me <laughs> twice. This doesn't really seem like a fair exchange. What we're saying, Bill, is a good job. Yeah, breaking Bill. all these stories. Yeah, great job, Bill. Bill is on the stuff, and you know, I forgot to ask you, Mark. Could we could we get a music bed and come on ride it by the Quad City DJs at some point? Yeah, ride discussion? the train. Yeah, yeah, it's a great tune. And it's by the a, way, I don't know I, if we have the rights for I it. Just add. Uh, well, we'll we'll maybe we'll just do it a cappella. Let me just add. Uh, I I knew when I saw your Q line column the other day that was our show. But I want to tell you, Bill, <laughs> he often writes a column, but he, it's not enough for him to come in and talk about it. He wants to bring a guest in to talk about him and his work. Yeah, but he's so digging we're kinda, deeper. That's we're kind of okay. doubling down. You know, I'm giving credit where it's due, and one of the reasons I was able to write so authoritatively about the evolution of the Q line is because Bill Shea was on top of this thing from the beginning, and he wrote one of the most prophetic and and powerful things ever written on the topic, which is what happens if the tax, the millage uh, for transportation doesn't pass, what is Q, what is the Q line or M1 rails backup plan? And he said, there is no plan B. Yeah, that's that's when they were trying to pass the transit tax a million years ago, whenever that was. But yeah, I asked and, and I guess it was just sort of the inertia of the oligarchy assumed that we're, we're going to get the money so we can manipulate things. And, and yeah, because people around here, particularly in Macomb County and Oakland County love nothing and Western Wayne County love nothing more than extending transportation into their, into their boroughs. The burgers out there love to spend money to help people from Detroit get into their neighborhoods. Yeah, there is a traditional animosity, if I'm being kind about Yeah, that's a euphemism. <laughs> about the suburbs and, and uh, you know, the city cooperating on mass transit, which is why we have five bus systems, if you count Ann Arbor and, and other areas. But, but yeah, it's uh, mass transit around here has always been a huge mess that is a reflection of the wider and deeper issues in the metro region to be polite well when you and this this article appeared in 2016 before the queue line was had had really started rolling but when you asked them what their backup plan was m1 rail issued a statement to you and, and can you do you recall uh, the gist of that no <laughs> okay. well, well let me let well, me and the reason is uh, everything we workshopped to, this believe me folks everything prior to uh, like 2017 is sort of a, a mishmash because i part of it's changing careers in what i i write about but i do recall that basically it was you know it's they weren't worried you know yeah. and that's and that was sort of a reflection i think of the personalities and the egos involved in that thing at the highest level well, if if you read my column, which we'll post on our website, it's on the free website. We can also read Sean Windsor's work. Speaking of trains to nowhere, but there's a sorry. Um, there there was a, a very definitive statement that I quote, where they basically said the M1 rail that runs the Q line said, 
if the funding source doesn't come through, we will take care of it. We will keep this thing going. And and to me, the debate well, is not when whether- When you say we, who's we? M1 Rail, the benefactors, the people who put it together, the donors, the- uh, the meaning, you know, people like Peter Carmanos, Roger Penske, the Illich family, Dan Gilbert, uh, the Kresge Foundation put almost like fifty million dollars. All into the big this. players, right? The people who basically said this is the way to go, and we're going to make it happen. They kind of said, you know, we're not really kind of. They said if if this doesn't work out the way we think it's going to work out, don't worry about it. We got you. Um, and they should be credited for putting over a hundred million dollars, maybe as much as 125 million, one hundred twenty-five million dollars into this thing. We did put some money in through our federal uh, transportation administration, twenty-five million dollars or more. But they said this is going to work. We, we figured it out. It's going to work. Don't worry about it. They told Bill, if we're wrong. Not a problem. So to me, the debate really isn't about whether the Q line is any good, whether it's reached its full potential, whether, and there have been some setbacks with COVID and people working from home that we have to, we have to account for. But to me, the real issue with this is like all public transportation, it needs to be subsidized. Like all public transportation proposals, it hasn't met its benchmarks. And then we were, we were basically drawn into supporting it for the next 17 years to the tune of $5 million a year without so much as an opportunity to be heard on that because the funding that will provide it $5 million a year in taxpayer money for the next 17 years was approved at the last minute by the legislature in the lame duck session and then signed by the governor on December 29th. So without even asking us whether we were cool with this or allowing us to have a really meaningful debate on the future of public transportation in southeastern Michigan, we just got the bill. And that's the problem, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think that's a, an accurate reflection of the, the situation. It's, you know, it's the donor class, basically, in Detroit, the power structure, the people that dictate how capital moves through Metro Detroit decided, we want this, we'll get it. You know, it benefits their interests directly um, downtown. How so specifically? Is it just because they all have property yeah, along it's, that you know, the miles? District Detroit and all of that. Compuware <clears throat> um, building. Yeah, it, know, it, it directly the serves their, their physical, um, you know, brick and mortar structures down there. And, you know, Kresge and all that serve the, the wider purpose of benefiting things. And, you know, after decades of not getting anything done, there was the opportunity to do this. They did it. You know, like you said, COVID hit. Um, <clears throat> you know, and there was a lot of, I think, um, optimistic uh, thinking, magical thinking around some of this stuff. You know, it was going to be part of a wider system and it would get extended up Woodward and to the suburbs and all of this. Um, Can know, I ask you about that? Because from sitting on the sidelines, and obviously UNML have done far more research on this than I ever have, but sitting on the sidelines, that's how it was sold to us. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. this is going to be a, this is going to be spokes going out uh, further, and it's going to come up to the Detroit Zoo. Plug and play, right? This is the this is the first brick in this mighty fortress of public transportation we're going to build. Not, not even the first brick. The the people mover was intended <laughs> to be part of a larger system, and our and our street level people mover now is intended to be part of a larger system but you know we we buy the the you know ho scale train because we're gonna have the whole train set one day well we have one piece of track and one car and was that ever a possibility or was this just lip service paid to the public oh it's it's always a possibility it's the realistic possibility 
when they first started. Metro Detroit realistic and the word realistic are not always the same. Like, I'm surprised they did get this done. They did get it done. Having a regional system, you know, I've been to cities all over the world with bigger problems than Detroit. They have them, subways and elevated train and cool stuff. And we, you know, and for a lot of very well-established reasons, this geographically we don't get along Mm. here for a lot of reasons. Um, Can it be done? Yes. Realistically, in my lifetime, maybe at the end of it. (laughs) And I hope that's a long time from now. Um, But, but yeah, and, and I think because of... You know, the younger millennials and Gen Z, whatever oh, yeah, generation. Dri- those on. people hate driving. Here. Yeah. And, you know, so I think we could see extensions. But, you know, for all the criticism of the Q line, it was intended to go up yeah. okay. Woodward much farther. And there, there were plans. There was okay. whatever that city proposal yeah, go beyond it was it was going to go to eight mile number one, right? And then where out. we have the transit hub, and then it yeah. could go to Pontiac, and I mean, it could go to Birmingham, and then, but but the the problem with it is, and I love public transportation. People have suggested that I somehow am a hitman on public transportation. I mean that that's insane. But but you can read the column and find out about my experience with public transportation. But if you take the trains in Europe. The train, the gauge, the rail in Spain is different from the rest of Europe. So if you want to take a a train from France to Spain, you have to stop at the Spanish border and change trains. There's sort of the same problem here. The way this system is built, the cars are not meant for high speed. And frankly, there aren't enough of them, but you could always buy more. But this is not something where you would just say, okay, what we have now, we're just going to run all the way down through Highland Park out to Royal Oak and all that other stuff. You'd have to kind of come in and say, now I'm on the queue line portion of the train. And you do see that on some public transit where there's like a downtown loop and, you know, you change trains on almost every major transportation system. But this thing, you know, is people want to run down the middle of Woodward. Well, the guys who built it didn't. They want to run along the curb so that it could be, you know, frankly, stop at their theater, their ballpark. Bill said he kind of had an idea where the hockey rink was going to be going because of where the queue line stops were being penciled in, and that turned out to be true. This thing was really meant to serve this area, and if you're someone who's trying to get lickety split from downtown out to the suburbs, this is not what you're going to take. It's just, it's just, it, it takes 15 minutes to get from from Congress down by Hart Plaza to Grand Boulevard, and if you want to get out to the suburbs fast or to the airport, you're going to have to take something quicker. And and my problem with the people mover and with the queue line from a design standpoint is, unlike the T in Boston, or let me just stick with the T in Boston, there's no huge commuter lot where you can say, I'm going to ditch my car here for free, and I'm going to ride the train all day. If you want to ride the people mover or the queue line, you're still going to have to pay a lot of money to park somewhere. And so if you're going to drive downtown to use it, why not just park yeah. where you're going? Yeah. I mean, they, they've kind of made it less useful to people. And cheap, vacant land downtown is really hard to find now, whereas when they built this, well, maybe some of that land they wanted for a hockey rink, I guess. Maybe that's why <laughs> they didn't build a lot like that that would make it more useful. You get off the lodge, ditch your car, tool around all day, and then toddle off home. It, it just... You know, whatever. If they put up the money and it didn't work, that's on them. But now we're paying for it, and that's that's where I have a problem with it. 
Yeah, and from the start, the the business class had said, you know, we're we're not building this thing out to eight mile. We're not going out to to Royal Oak with it. Government has to step up. And when you say government, we all think of this big monolithic, whatever you know, the county, the city, trilateral, the, the guys in Davos, or or that. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's us. You know, we elect people who want to be part of a regional transit system, or they are very much against it. And we have those political leaders all over the city and metro Detroit. But, you know, to the to their credit, the M1 guys at the start were saying, we're not going to pay for, you know, because it's really expensive to build these things. You know, it can be some of the estimates I saw to get it out to Royal Oak. It was in the billions. Like it's, it's a lot. Isn't, isn't that what's tricky? This balance of a public private partnership. I mean, it's public transportation mm-hmm. on public roads. So you got to have some kind of agreement, but it, to me, it seems like they were all going towards one goal that seemed to be less than satisfactory. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the story of mass transit in, in Metro Detroit is no one is happy about sort of the compromises made all along the way. And, you know, they wanted this to be an entirely privately funded project with no over basically no oversight that's just in the feds right yeah uh, yeah they they learned there's dilemma almost it it was interesting to to see these super powerful wealthy people get a reality check lesson early on in the process the feds are like no this you know woodward has state and federal designations to it if you want you know and they they wanted state and federal money too to help beyond the, the public um and they were told, no, you can't. We can't just surrender a major artery to the private sector as much as the private sector would would like that. Um, so they had to fall within all the transportation laws and rules. And you know, if you think tax code is a big thick book, seeing some of the federal transit rules and things, and how the money is played out. You know, the twenty five million dollars. You know, they were waving that at. Metro Detroit forever, you know, and like, like you and I talked about when Ray LaHood, when he was transit secretary, did the, you know, rep, the big fake check or whatever, you know, $25 million, that's pocket change in the Department of Transportation. He's, you know, that was in his couch. You know, that's, that's not a well, lot of money for the amount of money moving through transit in this country. And we, you know, that's part, we need, we need officials at the federal level, representatives, senators that say, hey, we want a system we want to pay to get people from Pontiac to downtown. That's how a good economy works. People, yeah. people are mobile. Things are mobile. And and they need to, to get us the funding for that. This, you know, even what, whatever the state surplus is right now, however many billion dollars. 9.2 billion, I think. Something yeah, like that. that wouldn't get you a, a queue line fast and, and downtown slow to Pontiac. And why a fast effort? That's what Was there ever a push at all for a light rail like, say, Minneapolis has? That's a pretty good example because you're talking about cities and both of oh, y'all yeah. have seen subway systems. But those go back 100 plus years. Predate the car in some ways, and uh, lots of let's just say racial issues because that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Metro Detroit. That's why it was voted down. That's why the suburbs don't want it. I saw it in your comment section on your. All you have to do is go look at the comments the other I, day. I don't look at the comments. I don't look at them on mine, but sometimes I do on others. And sure enough, we don't want folks with that kind of access out there. Now I know that's a who knows what percentage that is. I don't want to say it's a huge percentage, but in any case. The Minneapolis system, and I've used that. You can go from the airport downtown, and it's light rail, and it gets up to decent speeds. Was there ever a push? Yeah, yeah. There, there was that dis- here discussion of it when Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick was in Congress. They were talking about money, and there was a going to be a light rail system. And there, there have been I don't know how many 
projects and I just have stacks of file folders on, on running rail between Detroit and Ann Arbor, you know, to the airport too. Right. Um, you know, that makes total sense for, you know, commuters, like big events, just daily stuff. You need the parking lots too, but there's, I've seen scheme after scheme for this stuff and just nothing ever comes of it. Cause number one, the cost, number two, the cooperation, um, you know, MDOT's been involved and, in, you know, they were going to run a demonstration line and they have a, a yard full of like redone rail cars to do this. And nothing ever happened. And part of that is to passenger rail lines share freight rail lines and the freight rail gets priority. And the, you know, take an Amtrak between sure. Detroit and Chicago. Is it going to be four hours? Yeah. Is it going to be <laughs> right. two days? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, you could know, be spin, kidnapped on Spin the track. wheel and, yeah. and see. Yeah. So that that's part of the problem too, is you don't have dedicated lines for some of this. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, light rail, heavy rail, the people circulation, um, we had that. Back in the day, because, you know, when they pulled up Woodward, cars, right? yeah. when they pulled up Woodward to put in the queue line tracks, we were pulling up the old tracks from the 1950s that got buried. They're still down there. Oh, um, you, you, know, you can see them on Michigan Avenue in yeah. between the bricks. The, those rails are still there. And, and the old interurban, you know, that used to run to Port Huron and, and places. So we had it. And then if you, if, if you get really nerd out into the transit history, it was a, it's the General Motors buses back in the 50s. Um, and there was a big case about this, like basically the city, if I remember right, it was basically paid off, like get rid of your rail system because we're going to, we're going to make buses. We want Detroit to have buses. And, and I, then let me I, guess, they didn't? Or? No, they got the buses they, okay. and, and we paved over the rail lines and, and things like that. And there was some court case about well, it. And I think GM ended up paying a buck or something like that. And call, I mean, it was way back in the day. I mean, this has always been political. It's always been profits, profit-minded. Well, let me ask you this. To that point, you know, this is Motown, right? We love our cars. I just always assumed, yeah, when cars got huge, people just wanted to drive their own cars. You have the freedom there. Uh, this Q line issue and it's it's a disaster. I don't care what anyone says. The thing is a disaster. Is that uniquely Detroit and Michigan, or are there other cities? And I, I remember they always compared it to Milwaukee and whatever they have there. Do they have the kind of issues? Do people write it in other cities, or is this just strictly Detroit, Michigan? Yeah, I don't know that there is any other city that has a comparable transit history to ours where, where we had it at one time. I mean, we, we used to have rail cars pulled by horses in Detroit back in, in the 19th century. Um, and then we got rid of it and we are the auto capital of the world. But we just a bloated uh, public transportation, not even system, but one segment of it that really doesn't go very far and costs a lot of money and yeah, no one uses it. You know, there's, there's places all over Dallas and, and things like that, but typically they are still part of a wider system okay. or a at least a light rail system that may go to the airport that has utility beyond – a Pistons game and then, you know, <laughs> so eating at Townsend or it's whatever. So stupid. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo has light rail. Pittsburgh has light rail. Towns that are Cle smaller than Cleveland that. has a little bit, right? Yeah. LA's uh, system is struggled for a while. I, I think they have more users now that, at this point. The, the LA is one of the big examples, but okay. it, it's also because it's a massive highway city and we all joke about, you know, stuck on the 405 in traffic. Um, but even in LA, I went from La Cienega Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Boulevard to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on the rail. I mean, yeah. the, the, the thing it, with, it can be done. 
Yeah, it can be. And and they have And you might see Keanu Reeves. <laughs> True. Was he on there? Um yeah. he's on the bus. Speed. They, well, ha- yeah. they have a fairly that's how he this got is Dennis real. Hopper. This is real. That's how he got Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Watch, the, watch the whole movie next time. Yeah. They have a fairly comprehensive system, but <laughs> I saw the one guy blew his finger off. But it doesn't look like much because of the huge highway system and there's you know, there's twenty million people in the LA metro right. down to San Diego. It's just like it's never going to look like much, but if you took all of LA's mass transit, like the rail systems, and stuck them here, we'd have a damn train in every street, just about. Well, and here's some of the—I don't know if, if I exactly call it irony—but Matt Cullen, who was with GM, was one of the people really oh. pushing for the M1 line. So GM was presumably for this, and and one of the one the of the toning, one right? of the thing. Uh, no, I think they just saw the business sense in it. Either that or now they're downtown, so they want people to be able to get but, from. But it doesn't go to the rent center. Where the why don't we have is. a subway system? That's the bigger question. Well, well, hold on because a second. that goes before, way back. Before right? we get to that, one of the plans that the city really was pushing and some other public transit fans were pushing was that the queue line would either not be there or it would be supplemented by rapid buses that would take some dedicated lines and be more like trams where you'd have lanes for them and they'd run off of overhead wires and stuff like that so we can have rapid transit with buses and you do see the fast line that i think smart does it goes to the airport and some other places that's some of the more successful routes on the bus line so we can have public transportation that works with buses but you're talking about going underground i remember no, when i'm not I was saying out- we should do that now i'm just saying we, yeah. we missed that right there were political reasons for not when most cities back in those days were building and we did not. Well, I think one reason is we had land like nobody else. You know, I mean, you go to Boston, it's been around since what, 1600 or something. I mean, everything's so tightly packed. We're going to dig down. You're by water. I mean, I, you know, I'm no geologist, but, but it, it seems to me that, that you don't have to go underground and, and that can be expensive too. But we have, you know, we have, Lots of space to put this thing down. Why, why do we spend a billion dollars to add another lane to I-75 when we know as soon as it's built, it's not going to be at capacity when you could just put a rail line down the middle of it like they have in Chicago, which I know would be more than a billion dollars. But when you spend a billion dollars on something that's already obsolete by the time you spend it, that doesn't seem like money well spent to yeah, me. Yeah, the, the elevated system is the way to go. I mean, I, is there an American city that's built a subway system since D.C. did back in the, what, 70s, 60s? I mean, they I all go back so. to the, the last century, the turn of the last century. They right? extend them, you know, like if yeah, you have no, like, like New York it, yeah. it spent how much, how many billions tunneling out up the, the east side, and upper the, east the side. The big dig in Boston 20 years ago, yep, yep, you know, yep. I mean, that was just, you know, that but, was one but of But building things. a subway from scratch is not, I mean, that's not realistic, right? But what well, you're talking about. not Elon Musk doing something with a big tunnel? The boring, the boring company. company. Yeah, the boring he invented company. tunnels. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. been a big failure. And and I just read last. Oh, they wanted to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, well, I just read last week about something in the New York Times where Facebook was going to try and beat all the traffic and the congestion around their headquarters by reopening a rail bridge to give like a. And they abandoned that too, and they got more money than any. Remember a few years ago in California, in California, they wanted to run a high speed rail from yeah, LA to San Francisco. Yeah. Now they just bump rails. Okay, well, I think they've been oh doing that God. a long time. <laughs> On mirrors. Okay. So, oh, I, I no, we, that we was, got the joke. Everyone, yeah. it just wasn't funny. Um, I thought so, that people wow. smoke now anyway. <laughs> so why, why, why are you extending that joke? We're on immediate high 
No. He heard it twice. It wasn't funny either time. <laughs> that's that's rejection, baby. Not funny that's in rejection. stereo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so $85 million, this bill is signed, right? How many years forward does this go? Because if it costs $5 million a year to upkeep now, what is the end of it? Is it 10 years? Is it how many years? It'll go forever. Yeah. So they're just going to keep throwing bad money after bad money. Well, here's here's what should scare you, other than the fact that this was done in a, in a very uh, undemocratic way. It's $5 million a year for 17 years. 17 years? I don't know how they pick 17. But here's the other thing is people are are saying we shouldn't worry about this because the money is really coming from a tax on liquor and hotel stays. So it's not coming out of your tax pocket, your taxpayer pocket. It's just tax money that we're recapturing and repurposing. Yeah, but it which, could be which, spent better than that. Exactly. You know, well, let's have a $5 million year better convention center. How about that? You know, or let's extend the queue line to the convention center to make it easier for for our visitors to get to and from our beautiful ballparks and stadium and theaters. We need $10 million a year to take care of that. Right. So so there's that issue. But the other thing is this thing costs $9.9 million a year to operate. That means it's still being paid for by private money, by sponsorships, by grants, by you name it. So here's the nightmare scenario is those folks eventually say, okay, you know, we're, we're done subsidizing this. So now that $5 million a year subsidy turns into a $10 million a year subsidy, and maybe you have to raise the hotel and liquor tax, in which case we're not as attractive as a convention site because it costs more to book your conventions here. I mean- Or you this, just pull the cars. Yeah. Th- well, this Eventually, th- and we get tracks down the middle of Woodward. Well, that, that's why I'm, again, spend the money to expand like, I-75. Like because in Corktown, when you see the tracks in the brick, to your point. Until 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 gas gets to be $5 a gallon. And I love cars. I just bought an 85 Buick Riviera, so I'm a car guy like nobody it's more else. It's a status thing with you, though. It's not really a, a transportation thing. <laughs> so judgy. But um, I know. How many times have we heard about that Buick? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not judgmental I, at all. I think I'm just saying that you like cars. I love I public like transportation, and, you know I, I mean? and I love rides, but... But the like thing the is, until people have to pay $5 a gallon for gas and are stuck in traffic for two hours to get to and fro, public transportation is really never going to be their first choice because it's not the best option. Yeah, but as Bill was saying, the younger generation, they seem to want this kind of rail service, this kind of transportation. I I they don't. They want to work remotely and they want a car so they can deliver food. <laughs> Yeah, oh, really. Oh, Bill's right. I, I think there's truth in that, but the, p- part of the problem is they're not conditioned here, not conditioned to it because it's not available. It's not you're not growing up like if you grew up in Brooklyn or Queens oh, yeah. or other places, you take the train Kids, yeah. to get but around. To to your point, real quickly, can you? Well, how would people vote in Lower Manhattan right now if they're going to say, "Hey, we're going to connect you this to the Bronx"? Oh, they're going to vote no. Exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the other. And that's what we face here, right? Th- that's the other thing. You know, even if the younger generation wants it and they're willing to pay for it, and you know, who knows if they'll even have jobs because the the you know the whole wealth thing in this country. But um, yeah, it, it's it all comes down to the political wherewithal. Do, are we going to elect people who have the backbone to push for these things for the financing? For the regulatory stuff and just getting the cooperation. We have moments where we're like, yeah, we got the RTA and things like that. Well, what's going on with all of that? We still have uh, all of these transportation systems. And, you know, it, you know, you know, you can wave a magic wand, go back to the start and have a genuine like a New York Port Authority that covers a ton of stuff. Like 
we would have, you know, a single bus like service. Bob contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we would have like a single bus service and it would cover, you know, the airlines. It would cover, you know, we would have like a proper ferry or something to Windsor and, you know, the bridge thing, you know, all of that could be under a single authority or some type of, of you know, authority like that. The history doesn't allow it, though. No, because that's it's the still thing. To your I mean, eight, we know about eight mile for a reason. Right, yeah. it's and part it, of the consciousness for a reason. You don't yeah, go from but, Chicago to Arlington and understand where the line, the that, actual that's, street. That's history. I mean, if there was money to be made in it too, it could. We be just done. to Mike's point, we just voted. To, how long ago was the vote that we voted on the regional transportation tax? Twenty sixteen. Okay, so seven. Uh, seven. Oh, no, years. excuse me. Was it no? Maybe twenty seven. Anyways, yeah, right that's not there. history, right? That's now. No, and, but and well, but at the too, same time the, in Chicago, there's a racism. Is it? Terrible problem in it some is. of the it's Chicago just within the south city. suburbs. It's south and north, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But the subway, the, the the L goes all the way through the south side. It goes out to the south suburbs. The commuter rail goes out to the south side. Yeah, I mean, to, to so it's it's more than it's more than just uh, uh, racism. But some of it is people are cheap. Some of them, some people think they don't need it. So why would they pay for something that somebody else has? And I, I just always argue. Well, listen, if you don't put some money in the pot to help people get to work, you're going to put some money in the pot to help them survive on welfare. And I'd rather make it easier for somebody to get to a job. And and we find that with like, uh, as communities get older and it comes, Oh, there's a school millage up. Well, my kids are graduated. I'm not voting for that. It's the same with healthcare. Yeah, no, for sure. Transportation. And you know, what I always say to people, just talking about school millages, well, what kind of neighborhood do you want to be in? Where do you want those kids? Do you want those kids to have a, a good good school to go to they live in your community i think part of the problem though is when you see the things they come up with like the queue line it's like well why would i want to pay for another bad idea you know the investment the way it's being used doesn't always match and 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 part of this too is going back to the origins of m1 rail and all these projects they they should have sold this to the public as it will need some type of subsidy because every transit system in the you know since Ugg and Thor were rolling a rock down out of their cave and charging people for it has required some type of subsidy. I think you just needed to be honest and say this, we're, we're, we're not building just another people mover at ground level. This needs to be part of a bigger vision. We'll pay for the thing, but it's going to need funding along the way and you know in an ideal Pollyanna you're, you're, world. I was going to say you're so naive you want oh. a, honest messaging from a public well, private partnership I know I know right it's like the gas stoves <laughs> exactly <laughs> but, but you're and, right and, and we're also dealing with 40 plus years of uh, there's a, a large ideological faction in this country that says government is the problem vote no on everything thank you Mr. Reagan and that permeates down yeah. to the local oh. level. And all politics are local. I mean, that's sure. it's yep. what affects you, your pocketbook, your kids, your job, things like that. And until we get out of the mindset, yeah, government can be problematic. It's But we're government. It's when we screw up something and people screw up in government. You know, I screw up in my job. And there's criminals and just honest – all of that stuff is just part of – the human race and how we operate as, as it's a society. Us. Yeah, it's us. It's but the the same. messaging of government's evil, no taxes, and I don't pay any. Well, you know, taxes are the price of society. I've always believed it's in your that. enemy to so, a friend, right? Yeah, I, I lived in New Hampshire where there's no sales or income tax, right? So we're all thinking that's paradise. Okay, well, you know how much it costs to register your car? An arm and a friggin' leg. You know what property taxes are like? Property taxes are so high that people can't afford to buy a house. You know what fees and registrations are for various things? Listen, 
shit costs a buck. Whether you put 50 cents in one category, a quarter over there, two dimes and nickel, it's a buck. So be prepared to spend a dollar and quit thinking you're going to save a nickel somewhere because it's a buck. That's it. You know, one of the comments, uh, and I know you don't read your comments, but one of the comments was from somebody upstate. Teep says, Shea Dog. Saying, oh, this is just great. I'm going to pay for a, a, a line in Detroit. And I just thought, it's really too bad because it's kind of it's kind of to your point. If something was happening in Antrim City where they needed state tax dollars to do it, I would think that's and it's going to make that place better. Great. Well, we're all going to pay not for the separate. That's the problem. It's not just yeah. in Michigan. If something happens in Missouri that needs federal dollars, and you know we have to take a turn with that, great. We're all going to help pay for the flooding in Mil- in Midland, right? I mean, I don't think there's anybody in Detroit saying I don't care if people in Midland drown. We don't even think about it that way. But when you talk about doing something in Detroit, it's like. I don't know if I want those guys coming out to Livonia. You know, it right. gets it gets really stupid. Or the flooding in California, the flooding in Texas. And, and right? there are and the other problem is our, our our elected officials, some of whom have been lavishly supported by some of the people behind the queue line, are out there demagoguing and saying it's like, well, I'm gonna defend our county from having our tax dollars spent to support that place. And it's how they get reelected. It's like, well, maybe what you should be doing is be a leader. And get out front and say, listen, these guys aren't that bad. They're not that different from us. And you like to go to the Wings games, right? How about you go to the Wings game and drink all those expensive beers and not worry about getting pulled over on your way home because you can get on the damn train? I mean, it doesn't really seem that complicated to me. And again, I come back to I, I, the, the queue line itself is a fine little uh, entity, and I don't mean to diminish it by saying it little, but by just basically pulling this money out of our pockets, it's deprived us of the very conversation we're having right now. And it puts off the need to have that conversation, which is we tried to do something in 2016. It didn't work. It's time for us to try and bring the community, the neighborhood, the leadership, the region, whatever together to finally get this thing done. And it's just not going to happen because we put a Band-Aid and it's an expensive Band-Aid and we're paying for it. Light rail up the spokes. But all, yeah, that's, all the way out. That's that's the, that's how it works. Yeah, it's, and the, like like they said from the start, this has got you know. They, to their credit, they said it has to be part of a bigger system. But when you drive up Woodward, when you get to the terminus, the those rails go into the garage. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a spur line like if you ever played with model trains as a kid. Yeah. The pieces like there's the curved pieces that also keeps going where you just you stop switch. it in yeah. the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't build that. And the right. streetcars. Very and I wrote about. I wrote a whole story like yeah. why isn't you know whereas you've said this we're gonna go north we're gonna go to Royal Oak or we're gonna go to the fairgrounds you didn't like you know it's, it's not the biggest thing in the world to tear up the street yeah. but it is more expense and that expense would be paid for by us yeah they didn't they knew it wasn't gonna they go knew there. they weren't gonna do well it. yeah See, there you go yeah. that's that's where i think and i wrote in the column either by default or by design i think this is what they want because dan gilbert doesn't own a bunch of buildings in royal oak the illiches don't have a bunch sure. of properties in oakland county so helping you get from downtown detroit where they have so many things to someplace else Hey, man, I want a captive audience for my buildings, my businesses, my venues, my restaurants, my neighborhoods. I think this is what they wanted. I think they got what they wanted. And it, and it serves them very well. Yeah. I, I, I'm the so they should pay for it. I, I still think Hensky would be the exception of that. But they, the, I think the argument is, you know, hey, uh, everybody – Penske's doing everything he can to save Detroit. So maybe this is just more some out. And some people were mad that I took a shot at him for saying maybe the only reason he's involved is because he feels guilty for getting Kwame Kilpatrick reelected. <laughs> but 
But he did, and he should. Yeah. But I still think it makes, and I, whether they would ever genuinely agree to this, but if you run that line out to a Royal Oak or up to, to Pontiac, you get more people coming down yeah. to your games, to your shows, to your, your Broadway They're aware of that, right, Bill? I mean, they, they know. It's I mean, that, both. Can it be both? Yeah, but, but the Illiches own a lot of parking lots, and some of Dan Gilbert's buildings have some parking structures. So yeah, well, North yeah, but that's but what's the percentage of that to what Bill's talking about bringing in potential thousands and thousands of people? Yeah, right? and, I mean, that, and, and the having math is yeah, and Let's, having stopped at like the fairgrounds. There was discussion. Okay, you, you know, if, if you live in Ferndale, Royal Oak, or whatever, you can park there, take it down, and then or the just zoo, right there's a nice big or the parking or the zoo. There, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff there, or all the way up to Plymouth. You got to have the, the you know parking lots for cars, or it stops where people can easily access. The line, um, I mean, it makes all the economic sense if we think there is a, enough people that will regularly use it. And and north of, you know, Grand River, it has to be a speedier, you know. And those cars can get, I forget what the speed, because I, I did all sorts of reporting. Because there's only a handful of companies in the world that makes these these yeah. vehicles. And they take years. Like, you can't just be like, oh, give me six more. Well, uh, we'll get you six more, but it's going to be three or four years it's from like, now. It's but. like building a fighter jet. You know, yeah, you, you have to plan ahead and they're, they're, they're handcrafted. These are, yeah, they're, they're basically, yeah, you can there's change, no assembly You can change the, the rail a little bit and the speed, right? Uh, with, yeah. with different kind of, I mean, I'm thinking about, we tra- got up to 20 which, miles an hour, 28 miles an hour, no, if which you I get, don't think if is you, bad. If you get out, like obviously, I mean, there should be a train to the, going e or excuse me west of the airport that goes all, all the way out to ann arbor you could make it an argument for it going up to grand river to farmington and eventually a train to lansing i mean i was on 96 yesterday up there for the basketball game and it's i'm right, sure they, but, but this there goes, is a train to Lansing. no, no, no i'm just Amtrak. saying if we really had the willpower and we, we, we could do it it and, all costs money and we don't trust them to spend the money on a good. I mean, because look what they did with this. But, money, but, but what? Q-Lot. But you know what you're saying. And to Bill's point, this is the thing. And I love you, man. But you're saying we and them. And there's no we and them. We're well, all, there's there's all us, us, and then there's the people that built the queue line. Is what I'm talking about. No, but it's still all us. That's a beautiful moment. No, no, but if until we stop thinking about we and them, and I'm not trying to pick on you. It's just it's never going to happen. You're right. Leave yeah. Mark alone. You can pick on me all you want. And leave Brittany alone while you're at it. I, I would love to have that the Sean Windsor rail dream that you just mentioned. Because, just, because it's not we realistic. See, no, though. but it, it we see it happen in other parts in this country. You can I mean, forget Europe, forget no, Canada. We, we By talk, the way, Toronto has a streetcar system and a subway system. If you want to system. take it bigger than Detroit, we've, they've talked about high-speed rail across this country for years. I'm not talking about across the country. I'm talking I, about metropolitan. L.A. just did it. In the last what thirty years, twenty five years or so, roughly, and and we had it again. We pulled the tracks out, so it like, can be done. You could take the old inner urbans out to Pontiac to Port Huron, and that's you know, I used to make that drive every day, and it was two hours back in the day to get home and well, through on ninety four. But it's also they, imp- they ran it up there, like it has been done. It's also important to remember though, because we get caught up in nostalgias that people hated the streetcar. It was unreliable. There was corruption. So it's not like we tore down something that was everybody's dream to put some buses out there. This thing was jacked up, but instead of fixing it, you know, they kind of, they kind of went another way. They did. And you know, it's corruption everywhere, but people tolerate corruption like the old Chicago canard. Well, the trash got picked up on time. So you're like, all right, this guy's on the take, but I'm, my tax dollars, my city services are working. Oh, yeah. People really hate corruption when the, the corrupt politicians aren't 
getting basic, you know, and we've been in Detroit a long time. We know what corruption looks like where people don't get the very basic human civil services. Their trash picked up. The ambulance is showing up. <laughs> it's the same reason Stuff drug like. dealers can be beloved in a country because they give back to the people. Yeah, I mean, it's that was, uh, fictional. Huh? Fictional. What do you mean? Right? No, that happens. That happens. You love take- you love drug dealers? No, no, no. The people that live in the area, um, oh, right, like right. in Medellin or wherever, because they take care of the poor people and they give them mm-hmm. stuff that the government's not doing. So you're going to turn a You've blind been watching eye too much it. Narcos, but yes. Never seen it. I do love my drug dealer. I just want to <laughs> C- CVS Pharmacy. And- <laughs> um, but, but no, it's... You're, it's- you're dealers you're from Woonsocket, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to all the historics that people hated the old and I'm sure they were grimy and awful and late, but um, they don't have to be. Like, you know, like the, there are, you know, like the underground in London. I, you know, I took it for a few weeks when I was over there. Worked fine. I'm like, God damn, why can't we have something like this? Yeah, the Metro in D.C. The I Metro, mean, yeah. Rubber That's the tires. Newest, newest system in our country, right? Subway I, system? I think so. I mean, yeah. of that, of that. Of that size. Although they've had some issues in the last four or five years. Yeah, you'll never know. I mean, we have issues with the highways. I mean, I, I live true. No. at yeah. 75 and, and 9 Mile and huh. just trying to get over the highway or north to like Oakland Mall or whatever is an adventure. You have to plant, you know, it's Sam and Frodo trying to return the ring to Marshalls <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's impossible at times. So, you know, trains, roads, all of it's corrupt. All of it will break down. There's always going to be issues because it's public. Yeah, don't we accept a little bit of uh, corruption? If, like, you were, to your point, we accept the corruption if it works. We shouldn't, but we do. But yeah. if it works, yeah. and here it doesn't work for a lot of part of it's just the the physical geography of where we live. Chicago has similar issues to Detroit, but the the racial geography. Nobody has the eight mile, which in some places is a literal damn wall. Like you know, in the, all of the history that goes with that, it's a political history, racial, financial. It's all tied together, and you know, and it's in living memory. You know, the the '67 riot rebellion, the bullet holes are still in some of the buildings over on 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 Twelfth Street. Like that's in living memory. I have relatives that still in laws and stuff. Like they haven't been downtown since they recall seeing tanks on the street. I know folks in the 67. Yep. Yeah. And not even like, Oh, we went in for a Tigers game. No, just have never gone back the, you know, the boomers and, you know, Gen X and stuff. There are a lot of people like that's a point of pride with them. Oh, we don't go downtown. And they're not going to vote for a tax. Exactly. For, I mean, those are the people that are saying no, basically. It's a right. generational thing, but I do have some optimism that, you know, 50 years from now, hundred years from now, things will be, will be different. There'll still be corruption and bullcrap and things, but I think there will be more rail. There will be something. And, you know, the planet's also on fire. You know, I'm supportive of getting whatever helps sure. the, the Mother Earth. Like, I have grandkids. Like, I want them to grow up on a nice planet that's not on fire, ideally. And young people think about that, too. Bill, we'll have you back in 50 years to check your prediction. Um, in the meantime, you do have a day job working for The Athletic. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since you, you left Cranes and joined uh, one of the leading sports outlets after the Detroit Free Press. In the the leading national sports outlet. National, okay. There's um, a distinction. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I had started covering the business side of sports in Detroit when I was still at at Cranes and did that uh, for years and it was a lot of fun and I had an opportunity to, to go to the athletic in 2019 
um, in June of, of 19 and we were working from home back then. So I was a veteran of working from home before everyone else was forced to work from home. Um, but I read a lot about what goes on off the field, the ice, the court, um, that affects everything that happens on it. Um, I read a lot about like a TV viewership, what we're watching, why, how in particular cord cutting, um, the whole, all the massive sweeping changes in how we consume live sports. Um, everything going behind streaming behind the paywall. Uh, I read a lot about that. Um, just the finances, politics, social justice, um, taxes, all of the, the stuff that, reflects wider society within sports and boy that has been a busy time for the last three years have you written about um amazon prime's thursday night nfl oh, is that just an epic failure is no, it no no it's not because the viewership's an, way down it's an enormous success could the nfl traded reach for money they were getting i think oh, I'm, I'm sorry i meant from amazon's perspective oh from amazon's perspective yeah. oh my god they have so much money that it doesn't matter no they they had to do some make goods for cuz i think they promised 12 and a half million nielsen rated audiences and it was nine something uh, with just nielsen numbers the make goods were fine that's that's so overblown i think in you know they give some free Streaming time to advertise. These deals are so complicated. I think everybody roundly within the industry was surprised because everybody thought, oh, they're going to get like four million or three million per game. And no, they were, they got over nine million on average. And the NFL is tickled. Well, typically, don't broadcasters lose money like the Sunday night game? Don't they lose money? Because, but it's just a promo for, for everything else on the network. Like NBC. It's not a myth. That is. Yeah, it depends on the deal, and there's these things are so complicated. How these things are structured, you know, it's it's not just a check written out for we get to air Sunday night football. There are so many things, and sponsors are involved in all of this. Um, but some of them are are loss leaders, but man, they are huge bragging points, and they feel because of cord cutting. You know, we've lost like thirty more than thirty million households with cable, and streaming has come nowhere close to making up for the numbers or the, the dollars on that. It's because we all share accounts. Yeah, and that's why they're they <laughs> – I'm, I'm, I'm one of the cord cutters, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Man. No. They want to crack down on, on the, the on shared me. stuff. Um, but that's such a massive change. But live sports are one of the few things that are sort of immune. Sure. Live sports and like election year cable news are the only things with a ton – of eyeballs. And you get like Yellowstone, like Yellowstone's current or last oh, season no, premiered no. to like 9 million people. Yeah. You know, if this was, if that show was that popular in the eighties, it would have premiered to like 40 million wow. people. Those Damn. numbers well, are just gone. With all the money that Amazon, um, Apple, Apple's got a lot of cash and they want to be a player in the game. Do you see eventually them going after college football? Because that pie is so giant and um, it's only going to grow if they get involved which means more pressure on these universities to play the, pay the players. Yeah. Has there been talk about Apple or, or any of these streaming services really getting into the game with college football? We're so – in the history of, of TV, we're still very in the, much in the infancy of streaming, um, but it's all happened so fast. This kid's growing very rapidly. Um, I, I think everything's on the table, but the, the tech giants like an Amazon and Apple, uh, Google and YouTube TV, they're toe dipping right now to see, like, is this something we want to do? Because, you know, they're using it to sell other stuff. Mm -hmm. Amazon's doing this so they can promote the, the Lord of the Rings Failure, thing yeah. and, and others, you know, and their, their product. I and mean, they sell physical stuff. Apple is a device maker yeah. and they will bundle – 
like because they're doing the the Friday night double headers yep. with baseball stuff like that. Um, those are are marketing opportunities for them to sell products. Well, um, do, you, do you think do you think college football and basketball that, that it's just they'll keep- look at it. It's I think it's on the horizon. If the stuff they're doing now works, if it meets their internal success metrics, and that's not always dollars and cents. Um, cause what I'm getting at is, you know, we heard that these are the last TV deals that are going to be this big. These conferences are not going to make this money. I keep saying that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that just sounds like speak coming from, um, you know, presidents of universities who don't want to pay these players. Um, and, and my hope is, yeah, more money will go in. So they do start paying the players. Yeah. And I, I think if they find success with the professional sports, um, they will look at, College football. I mean, that's number two after the National Football League in, in terms of eyeballs and maintaining yeah, big I, audiences. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's it, there's there's nothing else after. It's just sort of peters out after that. It's so it's so widespread. I think they'll look at that. The, the you know the Big Ten deal. I mean, I think that's seven years. Um, and I think by the time we get to the end of those deals, if the streaming has been successful for the big tech companies, they will certainly be a player. And and you see things like, like Major League Soccer is yeah. going behind all of its matches will be on Apple TV under a special app that they're building within all of that. There will be some national games on linear television. Um, and HBO got into the game with uh, yeah, some yeah. men's and women's soccer, which they're they're all looking at it. They're all trying to figure out what the strategy is. Just doesn't is. seem to be a big commitment. They're all just no. Everybody's like, toe dipping because yeah. there's a lot of financial pressure on them. these companies are, are cutting back. You know, Amazon's cutting what eighteen thousand. Um, so well, they expanded so much though during COVID. They did. So. They did. A lot of these companies did and, and people are paying the price for that. Um, but we've never been in an era like this with our energy. It's kind of fun. It's our entertainment delivery system. Yeah. You know, the, the NFL or college football or women's soccer, whatever it is, is no different than Yellowstone or reruns of Seinfeld. It is entertainment that we watch. It happens to be live. So, mm. you know, people don't TiVo it. They don't come back to it later. They want to watch it live. And the advertisers realize, okay, well, you're not getting me 50 million. You're getting me 10 million, but I can't get those 10 million or 50 million anywhere else. So yeah. here's a check. So the, the checks will keep huh. coming as long as they can deliver. Um, but And that's why you see Nielsen is still around. Like um, for Amazon, that's why Amazon used Nielsen because the advertisers were like, okay, you can tell me how many people are watching, but you can't tell me how much money they make. Is it a man? Yeah. Is it a woman? Is it a kid? How old are they? Are they employed? The demographic information that Nielsen has gathered since the 50s, that stuff is worth its weight gold, in gold yeah. because Visa and, and Joe's Widgets, they all want to reach those audiences and those are the numbers and the, every, the, the proliferation of options. Facebook like, has all that data. So, yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's less it, – it, it is less granularly detailed because with Nielsen, like you have the portable people yeah. meters. They know exactly who – is watching whether that it's, world, <laughs> yeah, it's grandma and who's on her, you know, social security, or if it's dad who's making a million bucks. You know, they advertisers want to know, um, and like with Major League Soccer, we don't know if they're are they using Nielsen with Apple. We don't know, so it, you know that's a whole new world. We don't know how that's going to work. It's a and there's a ton of people across the industry who are watching that Apple MLS deal because um, we're going to see, I think, a lot of stuff divvied up where, okay, some games will be on NBC, some will be on Peacock, some will be on this other service. And I, I think how this ends up is within a decade, 12 years, consolidation. Oh yeah. Some of these streaming services will go away. Some will get bought up um, and they're going to get bundled. 
like cable, like a coaxial cable going into the side of your house, you're going to have a bundle you're paying for. And, you know, and one of the things, and I read a lot about this stuff. One of the things I'll see in the comment section, and I have to look at the comment section, um, <laughs> is people complaining like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, you know, the lions wiping out the Vikings on, on you know, uh, Amazon, but I want to flip at a commercial to go watch, you know, a rerun of something else. Yeah. And you can't easily do that. You got to back out of it. And, so, and like, you know, my well, bedroom, I, I thought a I smart was... TV, it's a pain in the ass to do. And until thought, it can yeah. be as easy as cable where you're just using your Xfinity remote. Well, sometimes to it's just hard to find the game yeah. that you want because you don't know what service it has. Because, it's you know, confusing. The Big Ten, you know, they have deals with, I think, three networks now. Yeah. And so it's all over the place. And it's, yeah. yeah. I'd like, written, I'm an old man now because I can't figure this out. Uh, and even younger people. I, I did a story on this over the summer, maybe it was last year. And the confusion, where the hell do I find anything? And we were running for a while during the NFL season, uh, just a grid each week. Of where they Here's are. where your yeah. games are at. Because some of them, like at least one of the, the London games was on NFL Plus or that's, ESPN yeah. Plus. And that's the only, uh, yeah, the NFL Network yeah, Plus Yeah, it's the something. only yeah. place to yeah. watch that. And people were like, what the hell? I'm, you know, I got a grand riding on this game and I can't find it. <laughs> um, one of the most- and then you have people like um, uh, Dick Vitale, who's live tweeting an old game. Because he thought it was a new one because yeah. there's so many reruns of all these because they have the property to do it. Sorry. It is an absolute wild west. Oh, no, it's kind of fun. One yeah. of the things I find really useful at, at the free press, and when I first saw it, I like, you're insulting me. It says, how to watch the game. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, I know how to watch the game. I opened my eyes. But no, when you click on that on the free press website, it tells you what channel it's on, what network, what time. And and it is it is confusing with all this stuff. And the funny thing is, you know, so for years, I was a guy who didn't have cable. I, I had to get cable for some Byzantine reason. And now I, well. It was bundled I'll, I'll, with your internet. Well, no, that wasn't even so much that. It's that that um, one of the cable providers sponsored the Clark Park uh, hockey game that I oh, do. Oh, so you got it for free? No, no. But I felt obligated <laughs> to get cable, so then I did get cable. And the reason I resisted for a long time, besides the cost, and I didn't want my kids to have access to content whenever they could just dial in, is because I couldn't figure out the remote control. And now Xfinity has a remote control where I press a button, I say, watch the Spartans, and it will find it for me. And if it wasn't for that, I would not have cable anymore just because... I don't want to get a master's degree in watching TV. I feel guilty watching TV. And if you make it simple for uh, me, I got to tell you, they all they all have that voice activated thing. But I, I go, I watch a lot on Apple TV. Like that's the device I use to get to my television. So they'll do that if you want to talk to it. Except my main thing is YouTube TV, and it doesn't search anything that's on there. Oh. So. Yeah, it's it always a three-step process it, it, to find. It won't anything. take you into the competing. Uh, no, well, some uh, of them, but not all of them. So, so. you cut the cord, but I love it. I'm, I'm so glad you got I did. TV, which is sort of not cutting the cord. Uh, no, but it's a lot cheaper, and you know, is it, you, what is I'll it? Fifty, you, sixty bucks a month. Skinny bundle, sixty-five. I think sixty-five. Uh, but you know why I like it? Because I watch a lot here. I watch a lot on my phone. Do they have else. the Big Ten Network yet? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah, one yeah, of the dinosaur, things. and they have the cooking channel. I don't know. Because they only had the Food Network for a while, which is why oh we didn't get God. it. Because I like the cooking channel. And, and that's one of the things. <laughs> it, it's not just games. It's where are my channels? Do, are we, do yeah. we get this channel? And yeah. you know, Bally Sports, right? That's been a no Bally Sports pain. on YouTube TV. I'll that's tell you been that a much. big pain for but a lot. Thankfully, of people. all these teams suck, so I don't have to watch the Wings. Oh, I've heard so many complaints about Tigers. This. People want to watch the, the Wings exactly. and the Tigers. The whole regional sports network. That's a, like a subset of, the, of yeah. the chaos within. Because I read a lot about. That I mean, they're really in trouble 
um, you know, Valley, the owner of Sinclair and Diamond Sports, which is the subsidiary, they're in a fight with each other. Why? The Diamond Sports has its own board. It was a wholly owned subsidiary. They have worked on an agreement where they're pushing Sinclair. You know, Sinclair is one of the biggest t- oh, yeah. local TV. It would be a shame if anything bad happened to Sinclair oh. because they're such a bastion of <laughs> free your, speech. Keep your politics out of this. Yeah. I, I'm just in the sports world. Well, you, in and out of the sports world, Sinclair does not have, whatever your politics are, does not have a great reputation. Yeah. Um, but Diamond has pushed back to try and sort of separate themselves from that to whatever degree they can. But, you know, they they have been waving the, the red flag left and right. Bankruptcy is a real possibility. You know, part of that is, hey, can we get a discount on all of these hundreds of millions of dollars we're paying in rights fees for the Wings, the Pistons, and you know, I think it's 42 teams they have the rights for across, I think it's 19 networks. Um, you know, but if they declare bankruptcy and a judge is like, okay, we're freezing all spending, well, the Pistons get – I think it's uh, – they redid the deal a couple of years ago. It used to be $25 million a season um, uh, when it was the old old owner. Um, you can't just lose that money and, you know, all of a sudden, even though these are billion-dollar franchises and things, these are a key part of the revenue matrix that they rely on, which is why we're seeing chatter about, well, Major League Baseball right now is looking at we'll just do it ourselves we'll make our own basically direct to consumer streaming RSN system. They're going to leave money be- on the table though. Like we just talked about because you pay for the promo, the exposure of it. Right? Yeah. So all if of they that. Do and, it themselves, and it's enormously expensive. Yeah, like the production the, cost. It's, it's a couple hundred million yeah. for like, uh, I keep wanting to say Fox sports Detroit and it makes me a dinosaur now. Valley sports. It's a couple hundred. Uh, if million you said pass TV, then you'd, <laughs> be, <laughs> then you'd be a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Back to the nineties. Um, but yeah, and it's a couple hundred million dollars to just run one of these things. Like it's just shoot, you know, the talent, the equipment, the travel, just. You would think the, why wouldn't the, leagues just negotiate a deal for all the teams or is it because the owners are like no we want to negotiate our own local deal why wouldn't they just negotiate and say hey all um, nba games are going to be on apple tv i think they would like to do that but the rights are still all over the place they haven't all the leagues haven't collected all of the rights local versus you know regional national probably because you had situations like the illiches owning a network and owning a team and setting themselves up in perpetuity for things like that well they do have some arrangement i mean you can the, in, and the can nba you has tell uh, the yankees you don't get to run your own network they're like okay I mean, then we the nba has its own sort of amalgamation i guess it's 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 still locally produced across the country with each franchise but you can the league pass you can get the league pass and have access to every single local market in the, in the country in toronto yeah, there's stuff like that. Why they still have the Vancouver Grizzly games on? Yeah, Mike Bibby. Yeah, they're just out of Memphis. Big, point guard. His big country. Did he finally come into big his country. own? Yeah, and- <laughs> Wait, who didn't see that being a bust? Sharif uh, Abdul Rahim. Who else played for them? Mike Bibby. But the the real issue with the RSN so deep is, on Vancouver Grizzlies. Um, the, the rights fees. I mean, it's it's a source of income, but the cable cutting. Yeah. The the you know when you lose almost like 40, 40 million it's households, you can't track us. They they're not making enough money to pay the rights fees, and if you all of a sudden have your own system, well, nobody's paying you. Like you, you got to hire. It's a shame staff if these to, leagues lost some money, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it's an utter shame. I mean, it's you know <laughs> it's, there was a time like in the '90s, in the early 2000s, where a guy like Art Modell, when he was running the Browns into the ground. Like when he signed Andre Risen um, before the 95 season, he had to go to, I think it was nine different banks to get enough money to pay his signing bonus. What? Like, yeah, it was sports back then. 
you know, it was rich people owned them. But for a lot of them, it was the only thing that they owned. Armodil didn't own a bunch of other stuff. The Browns were his primary thing. The, the rights deals were not, you know, they were in the millions. And it still cost you millions to run your stadium and your mm-hmm. team and all of that. Um, but it was by the, the – once Fox Sports started, they got the NFL, the NFC package in 94. Then it was off to the races. The million-dollar deals became billion-dollar deals. And the teams are a license to print money, even during the recession. Like uh, some of the franchise values evened out a little bit. But even since then, you know, the NFL has, I, th- I think, last count, $125 billion in media rights deals Ooh. now with the, the new – the, the latest thing that they signed. Um, we got some catching up to do here. Yeah. Th- these teams are a license to print money now, yeah. but the thing is with like baseball, hockey, um, and, uh, uh, basketball, I'm sorry. I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> they have so much inventory, you know, 162 games or 82 games. You have to have an RSN. All the talk we see in the headlines are about the national deals, for MLB, NHL, and NBA, but it's the regional deals yeah. that are just as much money. And and some of these teams own or have a big equity stake in their RSNs. Yes, with the Yankees. I was just going to say, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. Or the Illiches when they had pass and things like that. When they like had pass, that, yeah. Which I'm sure they've now sold all their interest in that. But, yeah. They, but they must have had some contracts that carried over. So you can't get everybody to start on January 1st with anything because every deal has its own end and start and oh yeah and the advertising and- i mean it's a really complicated but rsns are expensive and but we don't have a replacement yet for the money that the teams need for their new delivery system and everybody you know and valley sports is rolling out it's it's streaming thing like or what is it 20 some bucks 20 bucks yeah, a month no or thanks. something like that you're not going to get the scale you need with that to make up from the cable because you know because oh, I'd rather buy the uh, like the Major League Baseball pass and use a VPN yeah, and get something, around it. something like that. But yeah, like and your cable bills, what six bucks a month is yeah. Valley Sports? But they pay them, yeah. That's and the best part is you can go get a sandwich at Rocco's Deli and get on the queue line and go down to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to wrap it up, Sean. Rocco's isn't six bucks, but the queue line <laughs> is free. So Sean Sean brings it home unless there's a car parked on the tracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that issue, too. The, the Q-Line folks have talked a lot about improving operations and, and being able to get through the red lights and being able to get the cars off the tracks. And there has been improvement in the service. They had initially it was run by a company called TransDev. I understand they've gotten rid of them, and now they're running it internally. And I think they are making steps to make it a better service. But for reasons we've talked about uh, ad nauseum, uh, you, fix, you built it, uh, you pay for it, and uh, and we'll we'll see how we feel about it if you ever deign to ask us. But you can read more about my column. We'll put a link on our website, which is ML Soul of Detroit. If you're watching us on Facebook, we really appreciate that. Uh, Kevin says if a double decker bus crashes into us, it would still be better value than the Q line. And uh, we love it if you watch us on YouTube. If you can subscribe to our channel, which is Soul of Detroit, you can hit the bell for an alert. That will let you know when we go live, which is sort of like train arrival times it says noon on the schedule but we kind of get there when we get there it also helps support the show so if you want to support the show without dipping into your pocket maybe because the government's already in there just subscribe to youtube channel soul of detroit you can read bill shea's work in the athletic bill where can people follow you easily on social media 
Twitter for now, well, it still exists. Before uh, you move to Mastodon. Oh, God, I'm not moving anywhere. Uh, it's Bill underscore Shay 19. Where's the 19 come from? Big Eiserman fan? or Bernie Kozar. I'm Bernie from Co- Cleveland. Oh, that's from Bernie Kozar. Right. And it was, it's, it's the local boy made good. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I from understand Cleveland. you're even a, a big fan of his daughter's I, film. Uh, God, even I wasn't <laughs> going to bring that up. <laughs> I, I, Creep. Never, I'm aware of, but but have never never yeah. seen. Not it's also streaming, I understand, for a considerably <laughs> cheaper rate on most uh, platforms. But, Bill, we really appreciate you coming in. You know, the reason that we're able to write definitively about stuff like that is because there have been reporters who have been following this stuff and asking tough questions. Bill's always been one of those guys. So please support his work at The Athletic. And and please, you know, people bitched at me that they didn't want to read this column about the queue line because it's behind a paywall. Folks, it's less than a buck a month to subscribe to the free press. And you found out how somebody else has taken more than a buck a month out of your pocket. I really think it's worth it. It's an investment in being an informed person and just knowing what you're talking about, which really disqualifies everybody I've heard from on social media who don't know what they're talking about. But that's, that's, you know, that's what you get for less than a buck a month. So thank you very much for joining us, Bill. And, uh, and uh, Mark, speaking of money, let, let's talk about some people who can help you hold on to a little bit of yours and maybe watch it grow. Sure. Let's uh, start with Hall Financial, right? Of course. A lot of people have credit card debt, especially January. You know, these rates are pretty high. You got to pay off all those. Christmas bills come and do. Exactly. Hall Financial, they're here to help you become debt free and get a cash out refinance from Hall Financial. It's a great way to use the equity in your home to pay off high interest credit card debt, and you can get a free five minute mortgage review with Hall Financial. Um, that's all it's going to take to get you and your family in a better position. Get the money you need now with a cash out refinance from Hall Financial, 866 call Hall. Sean, that's C A L L H A L L. In case you didn't know. I or did you, not. Or you but thank you for that. Chat with them online at call. I'd love to chat with them. Hallfirst.com. Do you want me to spell that one out for you, too? Please. And uh, if you have a lot of money and you're facing Why a big Why are you decision, looking at me? That's Mike. Because you have a lot of money. money. Not uh, me. He's you the want... one with the classic car collection out in the front yard. <laughs> one. No, I got a 62 Pontiac. It's, okay, it's, two. We're, we're building the empire. I mean, never talk about that one. You always talk about the 85 Buick Riviera. Because that's the new acquisition. I, Does it make him think when he's carrying malt duck in the back of his trunk in a tub of ice? Well, okay, ne- next time. back from the scratch acid concert. When you look for uh, classic car number three, you're going to want to know how that's going to affect your future I do have a 2007 goals. Ford Focus. I think okay. that, when you're that pretty for, much qualifies as a classic car. Now. When you're looking for car number four? Five? Uh, how many cars do you have? Okay, four. About Let's as many as he no, has Smith's uh, no tribute bands right. lined up. With two for daughters the sake of the and a spot, wife, just, we, have, we have quite a fleet. For the sake of the spot, just call Luke Nowacki and his team at Pinnacle Well Strategies. They're going to help you plan for all your financial goals, both today and well into the future. Call Luke today, 248-663-4748. He'll provide a complimentary consultation to see if your plan aligns with your goals. And the one thing you'll find when you call Luke is that it'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.TC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? It goes without saying, when you call David or you call Luke, please let them know that ML sent you because they do appreciate knowing that uh, that they're getting their money's worth out of us in the same way we feel like you'll get your money's worth out of doing business with them. 
Now, I I lost my city council race in 2021. You did? I, I don't know if we mentioned that before. Um, my uh, communications consultant, Sean Windsor, may not have given me the best <laughs> advice. Starting with the haircut, he said that was a mistake. Um, but led a lot of great fights, though. Oh my God, some epic battles! You can find those in our back catalog at mlsolvedetroit.com. We can also find links to our sponsors' websites. But the one thing I aspired to be was a good loser, and this week's geek is not a good loser. Of course, well, maybe not. Of course, maybe you've never heard of Solomon Pena, but he lost his bid for a state oh, house man. seat in New Mexico. And here's how he how he reacted, at least according to authorities. He hired some guys to go shoot up the house of a bunch of other lawmakers, two county commissioners, two state legislators, people who won their race. So here's what happened. Mr. Pena, and this is according to the New York Times, lost his election on November 8th in a landslide to incumbent, I know what that's like, to incumbent Democrat Miguel P. Garcia. Days later... Mr. Pena went on Twitter to express support for former President Donald J. Trump. No problem with that. He's endorsing him for 2024 presidential Great guy. race. But here's where he has a problem. To say that he had not conceded his own state house race. In fact, he thought that this election was rigged. He had been cheated. And apparently he was going to different people's homes with what he claimed was evidence that he had been cheated. Well, here's the thing. He got some guys to go shoot up these homes and he didn't just say, go take care of business. He sent four men cash and text messages with addresses where he wanted to shoot the homes. Mr. Pena accompanied one of the men to the house of State Senator Linda Lopez on January 3rd and attempted to shoot, but the automatic rifle he was using malfunctioned. So not only is he a screwhead, he's a screw-up screwhead. In this case, that's the nicest thing we can say about him because he actually didn't shoot into the house, but another man who was with him fired more than a dozen rounds from a handgun, some of which went into the bedroom of Ms. Lopez's daughter. So this is the gang that couldn't shoot straight when they were able to shoot at all, but it turns out shell casings found at Ms. Lopez's home matched a handgun that was confiscated after a traffic stop just 40 minutes after the shooting. The driver had an unrelated felony arrest and guess where the car or whom the car was registered to. Do we have to? Who? Sean, I'm only going to say it Play once. Along, but you're Sean. Gonna, you're going to hear it twice. Who? Mr. Pena, 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 Solomon Pena, the sorest loser we can find. You haven't won your race. You won't win your argument. You might not even win your court case, but guess what? You did win our Geek of the Week. Oh, I think we have a vote coming in. So I think by now you know the deal with Room 7609. We love to play obscure new wave music. Hopefully it's something that's outstanding that other people haven't heard, or it's something from a band that you love that just never got the attention it deserved. And we ask you to send us suggestions. This week's suggestion comes from Mr. Magoo, who is going local. He says that he thinks we're going to love Majesty Crush, a Detroit band, and their single, Number One Fan. 
Well, while I was enjoying Majesty Crush, Sean was talking about a band <laughs> uh, and a, one of their hit songs, uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, which reminds me, in spite of Sean's rage, he is still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> the world is a... Vampire. There you go. Set to drain. Uh, that being, you would like that because it's it's all about you, right? I mean, what the vampire thing? Everybody's out to get you and put you in a cage. No, no, so no. you can relate to Billy Corn. I, I have nothing but love for the world. The narcissism Except for runs deep. People cut me off on the highway. Um, but uh, but we we appreciate uh, Mr. Magoo sending along Majesty Crush. Now Majesty Crush technically is not new wave. It's part of a genre called shoegazing. They kind of came on the heels of new wave music, as you can tell. It's a little more, a little more thoughtful. It's a little more immersive. Uh, some of the bands that you might know from that era would be Lush, Blur. Uh, I would argue that the Stone Roses at times would be kind of a shoegazing band the because Stone Roses. Right, because it's, it's almost like if jam bands came from Manchester. What was their big? They hit, would be. Uh... The Stone Roses. I want to be. I want to be, be adored. I want to be adored. But they had a couple. They're no wonder you love the Stone great, Roses. Great, great stuff. Really good. Uh, so, Majesty Crush was a local band, and it was their lyrics that set them apart from other artists of the genre. Um, number one fan, uh, probably this would be a tune that would get you canceled now, was about stalking Jodie Foster. Oh. Uh, yeah, Dave Strauder also wrote about things like torture in a song called Boyfriend. Nice. Heroin in Horse, a female cashier at an adult bookstore. The song is called Sunny Pie. Actresses, Uma. Tennis stars, Celis, which I don't know if you want to have a song called Celis when you're also doing a song about stalking somebody. But an Italian oh, porn lovely. stars, Chickalina, who also became, I believe, a, a politician or became involved in politics. I think... If she's the Italian porn star I'm thinking of, not that I know them all or catalog them, but I Who's think she's for? the one who offered to have sex with Saddam Hussein to try and redirect his hostility during the first Persian it Sounds like a South Park episode. Encounter. So clearly this is a uh, artistic force that uh, was a little different kind of cat. Um, magic what happened to him? Well, here's the thing. They 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 kind of they kind of started to get some momentum. They opened for Jesus Jones, Mazzy Star, Royal Trucks, and The Verve. And as their number one fan song was picking up some uh, some momentum, they were signed to Dolly Records, as in I guess Salvador Dolly. They released an album called Love Fifteen. It's their only studio album. And shortly after it came out, Dolly went out of business. All Music's Joshua Glazer described the album as a testament to what might have been if only the band's four members lived in Manchester instead of Detroit. And you've heard me say that I think Manchester and Detroit have a lot Numerous of times. Common. They like the word twat there. That's what I Sean know. heard me say it twice. So if you're sick of hearing it, Sean, imagine what Sean's going through right now. It must be must be absolute torture. No, because Mark, by the way, is very handsome today. Oh, no. Here we go. Here we are judging people by their appearance and not by I'm the not judging. I'm just Did you learn anything on MLK Day? I'm acknowledging. <laughs> He's got a little stubble under his, a uh, little bit of stubble, you know, stubble under the stubble. So what? If you would only watch us on YouTube channels, it's particularly Detroit, appealing. You know exactly my beard? What talking yeah. about. Well, I'm trying to make a chin line because I don't have any. I mean, I have multiple chins. I, I have one. several chins myself. Stop undressing me with your eyes. Well, a minute ago, Sean was giving me the wrap it up signal. I don't know. There's, no, there's he was asking you why you were doing that. Doing what? The, the, the gesture. Oh, no. I, I, I think I, you were going down a list of things. I, I, in I'm your emoting. Head. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I like it. I'm just kind of. Sounds I'm, like it. 
I'm I'm uh, I'm using the space. I'm filling the room. Filling the space. Uh, Use the space. As uh, as, uh, as Christopher Walken said. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. I figured that's, right. that's what you were saying. So um, so uh, Mr. Magoo. So so Magoo says that uh, that after Dolly folded, Stroder went on to form the band P.S. I Love You, and he notes that's the band's name. Huh. I'm not professing any amorous feelings. I assure you. But he does say, I'm a faithful soul of Detroit listener from day one. Keep up the great work. Thank uh, you. Mr. Magoo, thank you for your contribution to the thank show. You, I, I, uh, thank you for I your... like Majesty Crush. I'd heard of them before, but never really had an opportunity to immerse myself in one of their songs. He does some of the best photoshops, too. You've liked well, Mr. Magoo is a, Twitter, yeah. He's a five-tool player. You're, you're feeling meetings. connected today. I've heard you say immerse, immersive a few times. When are you going to get connected? What's going on in the show? What is going on? Do- no, no, no. I tuned out with the Geek of the Week. Bill, does which it seem I like Sean's to. doing his own show sometimes? I'm still stuck on the shoegaze stuff. I didn't, I didn't I've never know shoegaze heard that was a No, this thing. happens to me all the time, Bill. Yeah, I get No, I, get, I, I, I get know stopped. what I know what it is, but I have a hard time to find because if you ever look if you ever go on like the Wikipedia entry for like shoegaze and all of the subgenres, like I'm a big synthwave guy. I look yeah. at okay. like, Tycho and FM eighty four okay. and all that stuff. But then there's like Fascist gay. I mean, there's just an insane. Two at all, or is that too that? hard? Do you do front two forty two at all, or is that too hard no, for you? I, I, I don't. But you know, the basic stuff. But it it is insane how many like shoegaze, just the eight thousand subcategories of all of this stuff, and I can't figure out what you know. Oh, this song is this and this, and I'm like, I just like it. I don't know what. Yeah, stop what, putting it in a box. Mark was more of a yeah. sub pop guy. Everything with wave is the suffix on it. Like, oh, it's grass wave or. It's, well, yeah. Know. So where do the lightning seeds fit in? I mean, it's such a narrow track. How do you split it up? Is it like every band has their own, you know, favor flavor? I mean, yeah, it's where uh, we have our own wiki entry. We have our own wave, and it's one band, one guy, and they broke up before ever releasing an album. What about if you just like Otis Redding? <laughs> that would be great. He's doing his own show. Again. Yeah, that'd be that'd be for room uh, old dude. You know, we okay. can we can we can yeah, do that. You're right. And listening to the Smiths is uh, you know young and hip. <laughs> well, they are a little younger than your Otis, my man. Yeah, but, uh, and alive. I, I think the Wikipedia thing just means <laughs> that people in the shoegazing bands are young enough. They know how to use Wikipedia, so they create their own living memorial to them. Exactly. You know, by creating a, a wiki. But uh, but do that's. You- May I ask you real quickly? Do you have? I think different... you're just going to go ahead. And Here we ask. go. Do you have... No, I'm... this is a serious question. Do you have different <laughs> right. music for your Riviera? No, that is not a serious your... question. It's a dumb I guess your other cars. No, are you moved by the decade your car was made in to listen to a particular kind of music? So this is this is meant to be a smile question, but it, it, but care. but this no, is actually I do. You do not care a, about no, that answer. There is a real do. answer. I actually do. There's a I'm real curious answer. if it if it it, so. it triggers some kind of uh, synapse to a certain kind of music. Um, well, it's from 1985, so I would think about things like that. But the problem is, in 1985, I was listening to The Who, and the fl- which not I the flock told of my seagulls. buddies, I'll always listen to The Who. And of course, now I never listen to The Who, which is no knock on. Because they listen Roger to what? Flock of Seagulls or but, no, Duran Duran? But, but it, so my, my 62 Tempest, it has a tape deck. So I listen to stuff that I recorded on tapes when, you know, so I listen See, to Peter go. Murphy and, uh, and all kinds of stuff that I have, and, and of course mixtapes, and there'll be some Smiths on them and stuff like that. And so it's more a matter of the so device weird. that I use. And to then listen what to car do you listen to Kenny G in? So weird. There's no vehicle that's been created or will be created that would that would cause me to listen to 
Kenny G. The only time you'd catch me listening to Kenny G in a car is if I'm in a garage with the door closed, the windows sealed, and the car is running because I want to end my life. And I don't want to have a last second thought about, no, there's something to live for. Like, I thought there was, but then I heard Kenny G. I even think it would calm you. I think it would just... I just love the fact that he's always... It would just, it would just strengthen 20, my resolve to end this suffering. I like how he's always like 20 years behind. <laughs> he's in an 85 Buick Riviera listening to The Who. That's awesome. Now, yeah, sure. No, I don't listen to The Who in the... Oh, in the but I'm saying... When you were driving which, around in the... In were you listening to the mod? No, in 1985, I had a, a, a 1981 K car with a four-speed... We couldn't afford a Buick Riviera. And what were you listening to? Were you listening to Eminence Front or were you listening to, to uh, you know, I can't explain, the mod? I, I was listening to Eminence Front. In fact, I bought the album in Birmingham, I think, and I would listen to Run DMC. I had all the Run DMC. So you weren't into the 60s An Egyptian lover and stuff like that. With the tight jeans and the... No, I used to record the radio. Yeah. Remember when people would do that? The bangs down to your eyebrows, no? Why don't you listen to The Who now? It just, you know, it just doesn't... I don't, I don't know if I feel the same way I felt then, and I also... Uh, have had my musical horizons broadened, and there's other by things the church. Mind. What are you talking it about? <laughs> musical horizons. You can still go back to the stuff you liked. Okay, I met some chicks who like different music, and I am still with the music, but not with the chicks. Is that is that I, is that enough? Sure. Now I'm in trouble. Thanks for that question, Sean. Yeah, I hope she's I'm not sorry, right. Mark. That I <laughs> you didn't care. About I know you. No, I did. I was generally interested, but thank you, Mark. The thing is, my question's only half satisfied, Sean, but since he's hearing it twice, maybe he'll be fully sated. Well, now I am. Okay. There we go. Uh, we'd like to thank our donors. Um, this week, it's just Bryant, and uh, we appreciate Bryant's steady support. We have some other folks who send us a little dough from time to time. If you'd like to join that select August group, don't wait till August. Send it now. You can do it at soulofdetroit.com. There's a little button says what does it say on it mark donate okay so it's not in any way subtle it's not hidden this is not an easter egg you can just hit that button and you can make a donation and of course you can always reach out to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com that is what jessica did when she says thanks for writing about the q lane scam the q line scam maybe next you can write about the hudson skyscraper scam the q line hugs Call Bedrock. Try to buy one of those Hudson's residences, supposedly on floors 26 through 49. Spoiler, none are for sale. And then eyeball how high you think that Hudson's core has been for months. Sure seems to have topped out at about 25 floors. My prediction, after fleecing us repeatedly for a biggest and best 90-floor tower, or whatever the bullshit lies were, then down to 49, it's actually only going to be a 25-floor hotel. He's going to sell it immediately after it opens. We gave him the land for free, paid for all the construction, and we also paid $85 million additional million to help him market it for sale with that trolley around it. There's no trolley. financing for the site because it's 100% public money, and he's going to sell it all and pocket the cash. Now, I think we did get some money for the sale of the Hudson site, or at least for the parking garage underneath it, so I don't think Jessica's got everything right. But now, as Stephen Ross and the Illiches are trying to get a bunch of money for the District Detroit and for the U of M Innovation Center and stuff like that, this is a time more than ever that we should be scrutinizing these deals. I encourage our public elected officials to do so, even though they've taken generous contributions from the very same people who are asking them for generous contributions of tax dollars. Let's watch this. I'm going to do my best to watch. I know Charlie watches this stuff pretty closely. He's been pounding on the LCA deal for years 
So if you're listening to the Red Shovel Network, Bill this two. is a topic. Pardon me? Bill 2. Bill, Our Bill's, studio guest. the original gangster, man. That's he's what I'm saying. He's been on this before anybody yeah, else. So we need to mention that. He's the man who is saying the wheel should not be subsidized. Oregon, who was it? The other guy who were rolling on it? Said, uh, it's all of, this stuff all gives me nightmares to yeah. this day. Covering the bridge, the two line, the district of Detroit. A lot of billionaires don't like me. Uh, I'm fine with. I have not been popular with them. I think they're very glad that I was not elected. They may not be glad where I am now, but, uh, but, you know, we only do what's true. So that's the way it goes. And as Bill said when I talked to him last week about the Q-Line thing, based on everything that happened then, where we are now does not surprise me a bit. And that's really, that's really kind of sad. Um, not on Bill's part, but Sean, you have any feedback for us? Uh, somebody named Ann. Um, it's a different spelling, so I don't think it's not, coming not from Ann Paul. Windsor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wants to know if uh, I, I assume you, because this show is all about you. Your name's in the title. Did you go to the producer? Yeah, it'd game? be really egotistical to name a show after yourself, like the Who and Carlos podcast. No, it's the Carlos. His name is first. Oh, he's first. <laughs> his first, and that's a free press edict. You don't have anybody telling you what to do here. I do. And you're telling me what to do all the time. <laughs> Never telling you what to do. Just I'm read just the email. Asking you about just, your car. Just so. read the email. <laughs> And are you listening, both of them? Did you go to the Purdue game? What is with the cringe 20-year-old rap songs blasted into the into Brez? I guess that's short for Breslin, right? All game. Maybe it's the personal playlist, playlist of $1 million salary, Alan Holler. $400 seat tickets so we could be assaulted with headache-inducing club rap music from before teen students were even born. Genius. Got to hand it to U of M. That idiot ward is clearly on the chopping block, <laughs> while MSU never sacks any of the morons running the show. Sean, what do you make of that? I had an immediate reaction. Uh, well, did you but, go to the game? Um, I had tickets, but I was it's snowboarding. Just yes, it's just a yes or no. And I knew I, I couldn't make it, we, so I watched it from I'm not going to penalize you for not going. You don't need an excuse. Yeah, but, but yes and no okay, the, questions uh, me, lead to boring answers. Did you want to? No, well, maybe I had a follow-up. Okay, so you've been to a game. Oh, so you're just what, setting what yourself music, up. What music are they playing? She says 20 years old or music for 20-year-olds. I don't know. Maybe they're playing Biggie or something, or, so or Snoop, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the popular music. As my boys would say, it still slaps. Yeah, oh but my, my my daughter. Tell them to stop saying. We, we went to a place in um, <laughs> we went to a place in uh, Gaylord, and they were playing "It's Tricky." My daughters, who are in their twenties, requested "It's Tricky" from the DJ, which is from when I went to high school by Run DMC. Why doesn't she complain about Sweet Caroline, which I absolutely hate to hear? Bop, bop, bop. Or Mister Fucking Brightside. Yeah. Or I know it's not twenty years old. Seven wrong, Nation Army is great, but it's almost twenty years 19 old. Nineteen years old. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, I, what's wrong with that, Mister Brightside? Yeah, it reminds me of your people. Exactly. We're your, owning it. Your. Mm. Yeah. My people, how dismissive! Oh, people, stand up and cheer for it's a Michigan thing. Amazing Making me go to a it's a Michigan thing, so you should automatically Making hate me it. go to a college football game with no noise for the last fifty. Actually, years. I think the Michigan version is Mister Brightest Side in the Universe. Isn't that how they There's do that it? That inferiority, inferiority. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know what's wrong? Well, you're with a nothing buck guy. A what do you think about these kids in Ann Arbor? Uh, you're hiding their guns, and then uh, you know they may coach, they may not coach. They're borrowing people's cars. What the letters else, about? Everybody but the coach should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the what law. Glass house are you living then, in? Then, then he lies about stuff, but everybody needs to be held accountable. How do the people in Columbus feel about you that? You know what? You win two in a row for the first time since Detroit had real mass transit, and they got all the big heads and you everything. You got it. Yep, two in a row. So. 
that uh, which unfortunately probably will continue. I don't think the Buckeyes <laughs> oh, I don't are know quarterback. It'll um, be fine. It, 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 I, I don't spend. I like Ann Arbor. I, the the city, the town. Like I love going there, Ypsilanti, and hanging out. I've never actually been to a game at the Big House. Um, I was on the golf course for the Toledo game. Oh, Toledo yeah. won. I was on the field um, for that game. <laughs> but you know, I'd, yeah, you were playing, and I should have been. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's a great college town. If, you know, it's, I didn't go to Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State fan. I went to Wright State, which doesn't have a football okay. team. It's great Kill basketball us. team at yeah. times. At times, they beat Michigan yeah. State in 99. That's yep. the, is we're still, Dayton? yeah, okay. we're still dining out on that 24 <laughs> years later. I think the people in Mount Pleasant will be dining out in a basketball victory for yeah. 20 years as Next well. time you're in Ipsy, by the way, check out Bellflower Restaurant if you haven't already been. <laughs> There's Sean doing his own show again. <laughs> no, I, I love. Is I that love. on the Cooking Channel or is the Food Network? <laughs> oh, it's just a really inventive, cool old place in Ipsy. But anyway. No, there's great. St- there's great food because you know I'm here all the time, and we're always like, oh god, we're going back to Arby's in Hazel Park. You know, so I'm always looking for stuff like that. But no, you know, Michigan kids or Michigan Sparty kids, Buckeye. You know, it's, it's all you the same. You love them all. It's, it's you love them different. All. It is all the same. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody. And you know, and in the internet meme age, it's all. A lot of it's clever. Yeah, I think it's like, fun. Like you know, even as somebody, so someone is, gets too mad and takes everything way too serious. So, sometimes. so should we be mad at somebody playing nothing but a G thing? Because that's it, really no, Ant's question. I'm just a little troubled that this is suggested it's from Alan Haller's playlist. It, it feels to me like Who's there's, Alan a, there's Haller? a tinge it, it, of, of course, more of than a old tinge. white people not liking Who's Alan Haller? people's but, music but, but can, being played. Yeah, right? But, no, I don't know who that is. The Michigan State Athletic Director. So what we I didn't know what. I was not quite sure about it. She said cringe 20-year-old So does uh, music. So does that mean she actually likes current rap music? I, I yeah, don't, that's what I didn't understand. That. I don't know. Yeah, but that the, was a little confusing. Look, the reference to Haller kind of sets off a little bit of a like, oh, hmm. There's no question. And the other thing is. And more, and Colin Ward, uh, you're an idiot. You're like, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Huh? I mean, he thinks he means Ann Arbor's idiot. What are you guys talking about? But, but the thing is, old music is played at stadiums all the time. I mean, what's the Aerosmith song that's always played in at every Detroit sports thing? That every hey, born and raised in South Detroit. Aerosmith, I, that's yeah. even older than Journey. twenty years. Is it Journey? It's Journey. Yeah. Sorry, like Did I you said, say Alan, Alan I don't even Parsons listen to the project. Who <laughs> yeah. oh. was it serious or whatever. Yeah. How yeah. long is um, that God. still played? And that's. <laughs> Yeah. Damn near as old as I or am. Or the Time Lords, Doctor Who, the TARDIS. We finally got rid of that, I guess. But the the thing is, you know, it's there's all kinds of old music played at stadiums. Why is it the rap stuff that's so offensive? I, you know, I, that kind of yeah, nobody complains me, about Redbone. It kind of says, I don't know Redbone, but uh, come and get your Leon? love. Leon Redbone, or no? Red, yeah, oh, the other come the and, other Redbone yeah. from the seventies. Come we and had get two. your love. Yeah, that's a great song. I love it. It was the, 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 the it's got second legs with, with the Guardians, Guardians, of, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure did. It's like all seventies music yeah. has. Yeah, sure so did. old music is played at stadiums all the time. I, I'm still waiting for them to bust out the cure. A little fascination street during halftime. That'd be no, perfect that makes for me. No sense, or Dinosaur Junior. That'd be great. Music is supposed to get the crowd pumped up. Oh, junior, Junior. Right. It would be nice the, if they ever played the, that here. Supposed to get the crowd involved and pumped up. And who cares what it's from or where it's at or what it sounds like? Yeah, so I guess I'm not troubled. I guess that maybe that's the short answer. As long as they don't play the B52s, right? Is that your thing? What's wrong or, with the B52s? Or the Talking Heads. Which one do, don't yeah, you yeah, like? Talking Heads. Talking you know, heads. as as anybody so. who's listened to our 189 episodes will be able to tell you, you are invited. Every time to bring something into room seven, six, or nine, you'd like to bring some meat puppets. It's just we're not going to have Najee or um, or the Georgia Satellites on a section (laughs) about new wave music. 
We can call room 7609. You know, save Wilco for the Sean and Carlos I, I podcast. And, uh, no, Wilco's Fight. not for me, but the, uh, the, the room Fight. is a big room. Fight. Hey. It's a big room. Fight. Fight. It's getting small Wilco. every minute. In fact, it's turning into a tunnel. You guys better start calling some lawyers. Bill and Shay's with me. Let Bill speak. Pre COVID, not long after I joined the Athletic, some of the guys in the Detroit group were, were doing trivia nights. And, you know, these great writers, great reporters, you know, they're all mid 20s and stuff. And I think it was at B Nectar and went over a couple times with trivia. And I was Nothing the. Like old, a good mead with uh, some trivia. Um, and there was a, one of the, like, the winning question was, like, identify everybody on, like, these nine Rolling Stone covers. And I was the only guy who knew who Jeff Tweedy was oh. and Donna Summer. Oh, okay. So like, they didn't visually know. I'm like, that's Jeff. They, they, everybody else was, like, I don't know recent. if I would. I, I would have been good with Donna Jeff Summer, Tweedy. I but Jeff Tweedy. Tweedy. Yeah. Because I've seen him, his picture, like, it's at record, you know, record stores always slapping old stuff. I know what Jeff Tweedy looked like. I used to get Rolling Stone. Who, who is Jeff Tweedy? Wilco. Yeah, Wilco. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, it was the Wilco reference, but I feel listen to Carlos and Sean more often. No, no, I don't listen to Wilco. Rose, Michael Rosenberg, former Freeper, he uh, loves Wilco. For I don't know why I know that. Dad Rock. Very and hardcore um, and Bruce Springsteen. Bloop. And I feel guilty saying that, but uh, fuck it. No, I don't. I've never been what? a Springsteen fan. No, he's terrible. I just. Springsteen. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not going to say he's terrible because people love him, but yeah. I, I don't. Sorry, Bill. I, I'm going to put it this no, way. I, I don't get it. My, uh, Christmas 84, I, you know, I was 10 years old, got born in the yeah. USA, and and uh, it was my first, uh, it wasn't rap, it was, uh, uh, God, Jam On It was their big song. Is that Neutron or something? Uh, oh, God, I can't remember. It was like Mars? Not Mars. No, let's pump up the volume. No, it was... Uh, oh. Nucleus. Nucleus, that's right. Oh, God, in fifth grade in suburban Pittsburgh, that was every kid. That There you go. It was like this spacey, yep. uh, little parliament kind of feel. Robot. Yeah, that sort of thing. There it is. Wiki, wiki. So, so this and Born in the USA, I was forcing my mom to play in the uh, Nissan Maxima or whatever. We that had. same, you said eighty four. So that's that's uh, forty five. That's also Michael Jackson's uh, Thriller and um, Prince's. But look which which one of those Rain. Look at which one of those albums stood the test of time, <laughs> right? It took us forever to remember Nucleus, but yeah. you know Bruce. So he's not terrible. I just don't get it. Born in the U.S. Oh, like is it. Yeah, I love that it's used as a political rally. People think it's way more patriotic, and to me, it is a patriotic song because it's a nihilistic sort of like, yeah, right. Shit sucks here, and we're all in this together. And uh, the union screwed me over. The government really screwed me over. Well, my Ray, brother Reagan died. Used, Reagan used it a lot. Oh yeah, and it's, it, it, yeah. it comes even though up. Springsteen didn't really lean that way. What I love about Springsteen, Springsteen is John Stewart's intro. Yeah, at the Lincoln Kennedy Center. You, you guys see No that? one knows that. It's fabulous. He it? introduced <laughs> Springsteen in the Lincoln Lincoln Center for and it's a fa it's a little few minutes talking about driving a Pinto in Jersey and all that. Who and introduced him? John Stewart. John and it's Stewart. a great okay. little three or four minutes talk about Springsteen. It's fabulous. And about what he means to the country, even though I don't really enjoy his music. 
So well, it's, are you familiar with the term non sequitur? <laughs> no, he's doing. Am his I own getting show. into Latin here? I, I mean, oh, the point was still Springsteen. We're just not. He's talking about eighty four. No, but we're uh, talking about anyway. new wave music, and then what's being played in stadiums? And now we're into Springsteen. Yeah. Well, we kind of got there. What's next work? on the Sean uh, show? And ML, what's next on this show? That Hopefully, on? Cyrus. I, I, I think I'm about to. Uh, I'm about to bite into the cyanide tooth that I have. <laughs> Before I do that, I'd like to encourage you to support Clark Park uh, this Saturday, the 21st of January. We will be holding our ninth annual outdoor charity non sequiturs are okay if it's for you. <laughs> well, my name is on the show. I mean, if that's... Carlos and Yawn, you guys are talking Sean, about Sean, what are you doing coming up? But uh, but we're going to have a link on our website. I will tell you, we did not have ice until about a week ago because the weather's been so ungodly warm really? here. That's interesting. And uh, and so that means fundraising Charity. in Detroit uh, for Southwest Detroit kids is way behind. We could use your help. I will put a link to our patronicity website on our website, soulofdetroit.com. If you don't want to take the extra step, just go to patronicity.com, search for Clark Park. You can make a donation very easily there. If you want to come out and join us, it's free. There's a winter carnival from noon to four at Clark Park in Southwest Detroit. And the hockey games will start at six o'clock. There's a women's game at six. I'll get out there with the guys who are all way better than me at 7.30. So if you hate me, this is a great opportunity to see me embarrass myself. There you go, Sean. Which you can do otherwise by watching us on Mike. YouTube what are you talking on about? Facebook. So uh, lots of opportunities. I don't want to see him hurt himself on the ring. So, um, so please, uh, please, um, please yeah. be, be kind with your donations. The kids in Detroit can really use it. And they, they're too far away to take the queue line, so they're being deprived already. In fact, somebody somebody sent me something on Twitter that said Was it Cyrus? No, somebody sent ah. me some, no, he's 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 actually conferring with Bruce Springsteen right now, but um uh somebody sent me on something on Twitter that said, hmm, wow, I'm you know, surprised you ran for Detroit City Council and you'd never taken the queue line. I'd almost think that's kind of a prerequisite. And I said, No, no, that's the whole point. I live on the east yeah, side. Not in your district. It, it has nothing to do with anybody in Detroit unless you're downtown. Nothing. So uh so yeah, sorry, pal. Is that it? Yeah. Done? You done? Well, we were just asking what's going on. Are you on with, done with your show? We, we yeah. talked uh, okay. <laughs> We talked a little bit before the show about who's uh, who's the most powerful man in Ann Arbor now. Are you done with yours? I think we all agreed no. it was Jim Harbaugh. but uh, Yeah, we did. Yeah. So I guess that's stipulated. Did you thank Bill for coming to the show? Multiple times, but yeah. I think you were probably um, him again. working on your cuticles <laughs> or something. So, Did you appreciate Bill's presence here? I thought it was awesome. Well, then you're free to thank him as well. Thank you, Bill, for coming. So to Sean's show and ML show. Yeah. Do I get paid twice? <laughs> you got to talk to the boss. You we'll deserve double, it for putting we'll up with us. We'll double the amount. Let's put <laughs> yeah. it that way. You deserve it for putting up with us, yeah. for sure. Or infinity times zero, you got it. It's you're, You drive a hard bargain, you got it. So um, That's how he pays for all his cars, you know, <laughs> by being like that. Oh, dear. Um Nobody else pays for them. That's the difference between my modes of transportation. Uh, it took him a minute there. It was a pause there. I like that. No, I just couldn't believe we we're still on the car thing. But. Can't let anything go unsaid. He's got to respond to everything. Like, no, what, no, I, no, like no. what I'm saying right now, he'll respond to. We, we got we to wrap up so Sean can get back to his horse farm out there in Dexter. And, Dexter? Uh, oh, now I live in Dexter. And Mark, okay. Mark has got, was it Chelsea? I don't know. It's somewhere no, like no, never. never. You, never. Hate, you hate Jiffy Mix? No, I love Jiffy Mix, actually. Oh. Put a little jalapeno in there and you're fine. What? I knew I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd like to put a jalapeno. Um, maybe a ghost pepper. Uh, I know, I'm with you, Mark. Mark, I know you have to 
get ready for the Drew and Mike show. So we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> and, um, you know, in between our show and the Drew and Mike show, maybe you can check out the Charlie Duff No BS News Hour. Support all the Red Shovel Network shows. Please support our sponsors. Please let them know you found out about them from us. And check out our website, ML Soul of Detroit, for some great information. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's M- It's just Soul of Detroit. It really helps the show. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, and we are getting closer, but not anywhere near close enough. Until next week, <laughs> which comes seven days from now. Oh, my God. We'll still be in January. Come on. I think it's probably going to be. Can you dig it. that? Can you dig it? <laughs> I want this train stopped now. My orders come from ML Elric. Okay. And I'll start with you. Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Come on, Ralph. Sophia Loren. ML Elric. OJ Simpson. Burt Lancaster as Mackenzie. Sean Windsor as Nicole. A powerful cast of international stars in the most spectacular podcast of the year. I know you must see me as some sort of a monster. You had every option wired. But it's my job and I do it well. The Soul of Detroit.